welcome to the Acupuncture Outsider podcast. My name is Richard Hazel, and in the time it takes for you to commute to or from work, I hope to have shared something of interest about orthopedic acupuncture using motor points, trigger points, myofascial slings, neurofunctional acupuncture, segmental treatments, anything that crosses my mind that seems to be of interest. I hope you'll enjoy it. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Acupuncture Outsider. This is Richard Hazel. I want to apologize that the sound quality on this recording may not be very good. I am away on vacation and I'm recording from a rather cheap headset. Um, I don't have a decent um, sound canceling microphone, so you may hear some noise in the background. I apologize in advance, Um, but I didn't want to go too long without putting something out. Uh, So here it is. I've been thinking about um, something that I see really regularly that Unfortunately, I never see anybody else explaining, Um, and that is SI joint pain. Um, And when it's not really an SI joint issue that's causing SI joint pain. So what do I mean by that? Because in the end, I am going to tell you that it really is an SI joint issue, but I'm going to tell you that you don't have to um, overthink it. Um, Many, many issues uh, that in fact the low back, the hips, and our gait can be from an SI joint issue, meaning the body has many ways to stabilize the SI joint for force transmission. So when force comes down from above, the force goes down the the middle of the body, down the spine, where it comes to the sacrum. And the sacrum is like a fork in the road where the force transmission will split and go down both legs. So if you catch something heavy from above, that force transmission gets translated to both your legs down to the ground. Um, And you know, coming back up, it's the same, um, but often it is one leg at a time. So walking or especially running, the force transmission comes up one leg to the sacrum and and then is stabilized at the pelvis. And of course, the weight of your body is still coming down into that sacral area. And that's where that uh, SI joint is. It's the sacroiliac joint. So it's where the sacrum meets the ilium. Um, So SI joint stability is really key. And there's a lot of proprioception going on at the SI joint. Our body needs to be able to instantaneously respond with exactly the right amount of muscle engagement to stabilize us without overdoing it or underdoing it. So, of course, um, there are instances where we hinder ourselves. Like, 
don't know about you, but sometimes I've accidentally um, miscalculated how high up a curb is when I'm stepping down. Maybe I stepped in more into like a drainage grate um, that was a little deeper than where I thought the street was. And if, when you land like that, your body is expecting a certain amount of force transmission. And it, when it's not what you expected, you could actually hurt yourself, your hip or your back, um, possibly your knee. So um, if you've experienced that, that's, you know, that's our body. You know, if we don't have that visual cue, we don't know that instantaneously we're going to need that, um, that amount of force. And with that surprise, you, the body may not instantaneously respond well enough to keep us from injuring ourselves. But if we're just running down the street, our body can feel that gate and know exactly how much force transmission we can tolerate and the, and the muscles will stabilize our pelvis and the SI joint very well. We have ligaments that attach uh, from, from above to below, from like sacrum to the ischial tuberosity. The sacrotuberous ligament is very, very important for stabilization of the sacrum and the pelvis at the SI joint. So there are plenty of things that happen that cause our hip muscles, like the piriformis and those uh, gemellus and obturator internus muscles, and even the hamstrings and possibly the spinal erectors to tighten up in order to stabilize the SI joint. There are many ways that the SI joint can be put under strain. Imagine if you're doing deadlifts at the gym and your glutes aren't engaged. In order to stabilize the pelvis, the, the spinal erectors, which come down and they attach at the sacrum, what's called the uh, erector aponeurosis, they, the spinal erectors are actually going to tighten up more to stabilize the pelvis and the SI joint because the glutes are not uh, stabilizing as well. And the glutes really should be the primary uh, stabilizer at the hip. So you'll see a lot of low back injuries from glutes not firing. Part of that is underlying instability at the SI joint. And you, you won't necessarily have SI joint pain there, but it has to do with the way our body uh, distributes force and our major source of, of pel uh, pelvic proprioception. So all that to say that when somebody has SI joint pain, eight or nine times out of 10, you don't need to try to figure out what the pelvic instability is in order to treat the pain because most likely the pel that SI joint pain is actually coming from something as simple as the nearby gluteus medius trigger point, a nearby piriformis trigger point, or a nearby gluteus maximus trigger point, or all three. So what you want to do is find the SI and go inferior. And you need to palpate right below the SI joint, right at the top of the iliac crest. And you're going to start to feel for it. There's a, um, an upper part of, of a very common gluteus medius trigger point right there. And it's pretty deep and you have to push kind of hard. 
but you can very often find a trigger point there that's actually causing the SI joint pain. And, and by the way, you know, if you're testing for SI joint pain, it's kind of a tricky thing. You've probably seen, if you look for um, tests, orthopedic tests for SI joint, they're not very conclusive. They, there are lots of other things that could cause the exact same pain. And one of the ones that you'll see is uh, lying, the patient is lying prone and you ask them to lift uh, a straight leg um, and it's sort of engaging the glutes. And if they have SI joint pain there, then you diagnose it as an SI joint pain. Um, it could be from exactly what I'm telling you right now, piriformis, glute medius, or glute max, or all three. And so you want to feel where at the outer border of the sacrum, where the piriformis attaches, because that is really, I would put it, I would put that as number one number one most likely cause for SI joint pain. And by the way, the piriformis does help stabilize the SI joint. So it's not wrong that it's an SI joint issue, but I'm telling you, keep it simple. F feel for where the attachment of the piriformis is. If, if that happens to be an active trigger point and you get a good release on it, SI joint pain is gone. And then number two would be gluteus medius. And I was telling you where that one is. It's kind of at a diagonal. You know, there's like a trigger point that runs from right there at the SI joint area, right below the SI joint, upper iliac, like lower, below the iliac crest, upper part of the pelvis that runs uh, diagonally toward the greater trochanter. And you're going to be able to palpate that deeply and find out if that's an active trigger point. And then superficial to that, in that same area, there often is a trigger point in the gluteus maximus that runs, uh, how do I say it, horizontally, like outward, out from the, from the top of the sacrum, out laterally, um, horizontally across. You can palpate for those tight bands, and if you find that and you can release it, pain gone. Um, I see this over and over and over. People come in with a diagnosis of SI joint problems or SI joint pain, and very often the issue is a trigger point in the piriformis, glute med, or glute max, or all three, or two of those possibly. Um, and while those, you know, the, the definitely the glute med also helps to stabilize the SI joint via some fascia but the glute max is really supposed to be a primary stabilizer of the SI joint. Those uh, that attach, you know, has fascia attachments at the sacrum and the sacrotuberous ligament. And same with piriformis, there's fascia attachments. It, you know, piriformis technically attaches to the sacrum, but there's fascial connections to that ligament stabilizing the SI joint. And also you'll see fascia connections from the hamstrings. So you know people who successfully treat low back pain by treating hamstrings, very likely they're releasing the hamstrings so that they're stronger and can better stabilize the SI joint. Um, so, you know, it's not, it's not all about pelvic tilt. Um, it's important to consider um, postural issues for people with low back pain, but underlying that, there are actual functional reasons to consider things like the hamstrings for, like for SI joint stability. So I guess what I'm, what I'm saying is keep it simple. If someone comes in with SI joint pain, first look 
four trigger points because it's very likely what's going on. And then if I was going to treat that person, I first do motor points of the piriformis, of the glute max, glute medius for sure. And of course, consider hamstring. I, you know, basically every patient's different. Um, I might be treating um, low back. Low back might be tight. QL might be tight. I'm still considering that, you know, SI joint stabilization is not happening well because of tight spinal erectors. So, I, you know, still want to consider those stabilizers. But if you really want to get someone out of pain in that treatment, highly recommend looking for those trigger points because it could be as simple as finding the trigger points and releasing the trigger points. And that is very consistent across the board. So often, you know, uh, so often, and SI joint pain, by the way, is tricky to treat when you're looking at looking at it only as a pelvic issue, like a pelvic tilt. And, and you definitely can have, pel you can definitely have SI joint pain, especially from a tight psoas that's only that's tighter on one side, that's putting some torque on the SI joint, that's putting some anterior pelvic tilt on one side of the pelvis. Absolutely. I mean, I've seen people come in and they're standing and you can see how crooked they are, okay? And, and I definitely don't discount that that could be a cause of SI joint pain. But I'm going to say that that's 10% of the time, while 90% of the time, it's those uh, trigger points that I've mentioned. So I, I hope I haven't been confusing. Um, I definitely see what I'm talking with those trigger points. I definitely see that as affecting the SI joint. And that's why it can cause SI joint pain. But often that, that SI joint pain is more of a pain referral from the trigger points than it is just a functional or dysfunctional effect on the SI joint. So next time you see somebody with SI joint pain, just do some palpation and see if you don't agree that it's a lot easier to treat when you can find those trigger points that are causing that pain. Okay, um, that's it for today. I hope you have a great week and I will talk to you soon.